Big Red Vent. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. With Sure 72-hour non-stop protection. Tested to the limits. Sure, it won't let you down. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench this Saturday evening. Coming up, Rory joins me to look at last night's defeat for Cork City versus Shelburne at Turner's Cross. We're also going to talk about the Women's World Cup and Ireland's unfortunate exit, but some positives to take out of it. Cork are taking on Dublin in the Ladies Football All-Ireland Senior Semi-Finals this evening. At the moment, in the curtain raiser, it's Kerry versus Mayo and the Kingdom are leading 1-11 to 7 points after 17 minutes. Laura Mann and he's going to join us before throwing as uh, she was speaking to Joe McCarthy during the week. We're also going to have some reaction from the club championship and results as well from around the county today. And of course, tomorrow is the All Ireland Football Final. We'll hear from the Dublin and Kerry camps ahead of that one. All of that is between here and seven. You're listening to The Big Red Bench with Sure 72-hour non-stop protection here on Cork's Red FM. It's Aidan Lee here with you until 7 o'clock. 0868-104-106 if you want to get in touch with us. There is plenty to get through. First of all, let's start off with last night's result in the League of Ireland Premier Division for Cork City. I just spoke with Rory uh, about the result last night and uh, you know it's quite a difficult one for Cork City and a lot of frustrated Cork City fans as well today, I feel. Um, also spoke to Rory though about Ireland's uh, Women's World Cup campaign as well. And uh, yeah, so uh, there's a bit of good and a bit of bad in this one. I'd like to say that for the first time in a good couple of weeks, Rory joins me on the line. Unfortunately, though, Rory joins me on the line after a Cork City defeat at Turner's Cross last night. It ended Shelburne 2, City nil. And Rory, from everything I've seen online, it really did feel like a, a bad night at Turner's Cross last night. Yeah, one of the worst performances I've ever seen, um, to be brutally honest about it. Um, first things first, um, tributes paid to Rory Keating's father, Kieran, last night. Um, very um, poignant moment at the start of the game where uh, both clubs uh, presented uh, wreaths at, um, uh, at the, the halfway line just before kick-off. The FAI sent a wreath as well in honour of Kieran uh, Keating, who passed away so tragically two weeks ago. Um, it was a very very sad occasion and I think that incident has had a massive impact a profound impact on the entire club and it's hard not to and our, our thoughts and our prayers and our sympathies are with the entire Keating family um, it's just incredibly tragic they're going through the unimaginable, uh, unimaginable and it's just it's hard to wrap your head around and uh, Rory Keating obviously not featuring last night the club saying earlier in the week that he can have as much uh, leave as he wants and uh, it's just such a horrible horrible situation and just again all I can say is our our thoughts are with the Keating family football wise Cork City were absolutely dreadful there is no sugarcoating how bad Cork City were last night Um, from minute one until minute 90 um, they were terrible and there was no drive there was no passion there was no one pushing them forward it was hard to watch very few positives to take from a Cork City perspective um, if you're trying to, to scrape the bottom not to, not scrape the bottom of the barber if you're, if you're looking really hard for, for positives you could say that uh, Jace Kabir looked okay when he came on at half time he was introduced as a sub for Barry Coffey looked very lively on the left flank uh, Ollie Byrne Cork City's new goalkeeper looked okay 
um, big commanding presence, um, very um, vocal, uh, not afraid to one of his box, not as a sweeper. Um, so he looked okay. He's not going to, to like looking back on the game in the video review when he sees uh, Harry Wood's goal again because he's been as near posts um, for that goal. Uh, fantastic opener, to be fair. Um, lovely ball uh, played uh, by John Wilson. Um, first time ball um, split the Cork City defence had Coleman Gilchrist absolutely flat footed and uh, Harry Wood who is online from, uh, on loan from Hull City uh, was one on one with the keeper Josh Holland tried to come across to, to cut down the angle and Harry Wood just blasted it uh, goal words um, Ollie Byrne beating on his near post that was 1-0 and um, Shelburne have the tightest defence in the league they've only conceded 11 goals um and it was always going to be tough for City to, to break that down. Yeah, and they were chasing shadows for a lot of the end. They couldn't lay a glove to Shelburne. Um, it, was, it, was, it was tough to watch Shelburne. Very well organised, very, very well drilled. Damien Duff um, has uh, built a very, very solid foundation there with Shelburne. Harry Wood, as I mentioned, scored the goal, but he also ran the show for Shelburne last night. It was absolutely brilliant. Pleasure watching him play last night. Cork City couldn't get near him absolutely nowhere near him and Shelburne never looked like they were going to concede and then they got a second in the second half uh, Sean Boyd who had just come on as a sub for Harry Wood uh, cut inside um, uh, from the right wing on his left foot three quarters players looking at him not even attempting to close him down he takes a shot from 20 yards left footer whipped it in uh, into the bottom corner uh, left uh, uh, Ollie Byrne with no chance uh, and that was that City were never going to score two against the Shelburne team have only conceded two goals on three separate occasions uh, in their uh, league campaign so far it was a tough night to turn us across there was booze at full time fans frustrated um, um, it was just a, a dreadful night and there's not much more I can say but it was just yeah. awful like uh... Liam Buckley as well must be so frustrated because we heard him during the week in his press conference and he would have heard him throughout the week on, on Red FM during our bulletins and he was you know he was riled up almost he he was fairly rousing what he was saying he wanted the players to get out and attack these last 12 games 11 now after this and uh, you know trying to stoke up that bit of passion and for them to be so flat then is really disappointing yeah, um, I would love to have spoken to Liam Buckley last night, but I was hanging around after the match. It was quarter past ten. He still hadn't come out. Um, I was coming again for the white TV. The producer of the I'll call it there. I had spoken to Damien Duff, um, who was obviously delighted with his sides win, his sides performance, and the performance of Harry Wood. But um, it was uh, Liam Buckley never came out last night to, to face the media. Now I think um, uh, owner Dimmer Rush was having a. Um, some words with the management team he's obviously not happy with what he saw last night um, so it'll be interesting to see what City can do to bounce back they have a bit of time to, to lick their wounds they're not back in action until tomorrow week when they go to, to Shamrock Rovers um, up in Tala so um, they have a bit of time to, to try and get things right in the training pitch um, but I'm not sure what they can improve I mean like they brought players in um, I spoke to Jeremy Rusher before the game. Um, he was telling me that he has said yes to every player that the, the Cork management team have, have asked. So he's done his part. Uh, and City have brought in uh, Ollie Byrne, they brought in Jay Skipia, they brought in um, Stan Levitius, uh, they brought in Connor Drynan. So that's four signings the Cork City have made to, to strengthen the side. Um, um, so it'll be 
very interesting to see what Corks you can do next week going to Shamrock Rovers team we're top of the table it's not obviously going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination but it's just, it's hard to um, to put into words just how poor Cork City were last night um, as they were basically outclassed by Shelburne now they're six points behind Drogheda United in that race to avoid uh, the relegation playoff battle City are ninth with 23 points from 25 games Drogheda United uh, six points clear after that draw Slagger Rovers uh, Slagger Rovers seven points clear so it's look it's going to be a huge battle train rain in those six points in Strahdy United you have to start uh, somewhere and why not start in Shamrock Rovers I mean, everyone remembers that epic four-all drop in Tala uh, earlier on this season but it's hard to see how Cork City are going to improve and what they can do to to improve uh, and the players have to step up here and say to themselves this isn't good enough this is Larger the players, like they have to look at themselves and say, "Our performances haven't been good enough. Last night's performance certainly wasn't good enough. What can we do as a group of players here to step up and improve? Because they have to take a lot of the blame for for their performance last night. They were they were lifeless. They were dead. Um, didn't seem to have any urgency. The only urgency they had was when they went two 0 down. And they put a bit of pressure on Shelburne, but didn't get, never really threatened Connor Cairns, who picked up his eleventh clean sheet last night. So I have no idea what Corks are going to do. It's just a massively frustrating evening. Yeah, and obviously, look, Rory Keating has probably been one of the most influential players this season for City, and look, he's missing like in through awful circumstances, and also I think probably the loss of Matt Healy it seems to really have sucked the wind out of a lot of fans and the team as well. Yeah, Matt Healy's departure was very, very disappointing. Um, although his form wasn't great in the, the, the run to his departure, but you know Matt Healy, whenever he gets in the ball, you, you think he can score because he has that whip of a right foot that he can just lash them in from, from 25, 30 yards. So it's unfortunate to see Matt Healy go. Uh, they replaced him with uh, Stanley Vitches, um, who looked all right last night, didn't really stand out. Um, at all Joe O'Brien went Marchant off after 10 minutes last night and obviously that uh, he was kind of playing in the more advanced number 10 role and obviously that kind of messed up uh, City's plans um, he uh, went off after just an accidental clash um, he picked up a head injury just had to go off um, he was just very very uh, disappointed to see Joe O'Brien went Marsh go off after 10 minutes because then you, you replace with Aaron Baldwin that's not a like for like substitution so whatever I suppose tactical lines of Cork City have kind of blown apart after 10 minutes um, but Aaron Baldwin was no great shakes when he came on Barry Coffey wasn't great um, at all and Tunde Wallaby was up front on his own worked hard but um, Wallaby's not I suppose the most um, not not the greatest of players um, up front um, he needs Keating with him to, to kind of play off he does well when he's playing off Keating but up front on his own he found it very very difficult um, and just was a very frustrated figure for, for much of the 19 minutes um, so it's just Rory Keating obviously a massive loss um, but the, the Corksy's problems are far far deeper than just the absence of Rory Keating Absolutely and like you said huge huge test coming up uh, against the uh, league leader Shamrock Rovers you, you were also at Turner's Cross during the week for what started out as an unbelievable occasion I imagine 
and unfortunately ended in defeat for Ireland at the Women's World Cup and it ended their involvement uh, in the tournament from a competitive point of view. Obviously, they do still have a game against Nigeria, which actually is a very important game in terms of deciding who goes through the group from from Australia, Canada and Nigeria. But uh, I imagine after three minutes when Katie McCabe whipped in an unbelievable corner straight into the into the uh, the Canadians' net. That uh, there was some good atmosphere at Turner's Cross on, on, on Wednesday. Did she mean it? Do you think she meant it? I definitely. It looks like they were targeting the goalkeeper by all means. Mm. Yeah. So I think there was definite intent to put pressure on the goalkeeper and cause a fumble and try and get that ball over the line. So absolutely, she meant to put it in an area where a goal might be got out of some sort of a ricochet or, or some bit of luck like yeah. that yeah I, I think so I just put the keeper right uh, put the pressure right on top of the keeper but um, it was just massively disappointing from an Ireland perspective um, just that goal before our half time I suppose sucked the life out of uh, the Republic of Ireland and Canada were by far the better teammate weren't they in the second half um, which was I suppose disappointing um, Ireland never really kind of threatened I suppose after that and it was just a massive, disappointing defeat uh, for Ireland's World Cup campaign to end after uh, just six days down under. I mean, like the Australia game, I thought Ireland were very good against Australia. I thought they were defensively tight um, and uh, created a couple of chances against Canada. Second half, you got to say they just weren't good enough, I suppose, and, and that's kind of shows you like a top level international football how you can be punished just for, for a couple of lapses of concentration, and that's what happened to the Republic of Ireland. Now they have a chance against Nigeria to, I suppose. Um, just get a result and and try and just kind of I suppose take something from yeah. their their World Cup campaign. I mean, like in Nigeria, they were I watched them against Australia. They were absolutely brilliant against Australia. So obviously not going to be easy in Brisbane on Monday. There's another watch party happening at Turner's Cross actually for that. That's organised by the MFA and uh, Cork City Council. So that's happening um, on Monday. Um, so yeah. Um, get down to Turner's Cross if you can but it might be a bit better than it was uh, the other day uh, actually speaking of Turner's Cross the FBI confirming our two, our, um, two Irish and 21 internationals taking place uh, later on in the year against September uh, and San Mar- against Turkey and San Marino I should say in September so absolutely fantastic to see those two internationals you were there at the Iceland game in yeah. March for 6,000 people uh, were in attendance so it'll be similar again for the under 21s uh, but just back to the Irish women's team it's just um, Kayla McCabe can't do it all on her own she is Ireland's best player by far but she just can't do it all on her own. Um, Denise O'Sullivan, I'm not sure she's entirely recovered from that knock that she picked up in that friendly game um, because she wasn't her usual competitive box-to-box self in either game, uh, which is disappointing. But look, hopefully Ireland can get a result on Monday. I hope Vera Powell plays some of the players who are, who are on the bench and, and deserve a chance to play at a World Cup. But her comments after a match um, were particularly... Um, not well appreciated by the RT panel Richie Sadler just saying her her comments were basically blaming the players um, afterwards which is I suppose disappointing from from Vera Powell's perspective from our perspective on Vera Powell but look hopefully I didn't get a result on Monday but um, you have to say getting to the World Cup an, an incredible achievement so hopefully it won't end it down on that they have had that magic moment with that Katie McCabe goal but fingers crossed they get a result now on Nigeria just go with it Absolutely, yeah. Hopefully, um, one day it'll be a, a good occasion and uh, something to something to write home about. Uh, quite literally, from down under, and uh, hopefully, Cork City can uh, get back to winning ways, maybe, or at least put in a good performance next week against the league leaders, Shamrock Rovers. Rory, thanks a minute for joining us this evening on the bench. Top man, Ed, and cheers.
Yeah, thanks to Rory. And I tell you what, if Cork versus Dublin later on is any bit as good as uh, Kerry versus Mayo, you're in for a cracker. Anyone that is, uh, well, they're probably well on the road to travel into the game at this stage. Um, but uh, Louise uh, Neymar Hurtig has just put over a huge score for Kerry to take their lead back to 114 to 19. Uh, there's about six, six minutes left there. Uh, so Kerry in control, but Mayo, there's definitely a breeze there. And uh, Mayo managed to claw back a good bit of the deficit it over the last uh, 10 minutes or so. All right, uh, let's look at the other action throughout the day. At the Women's World Cup, we just heard about Jamaica beat Panama by Golden Hill in their Group F clash. France moves to the top of that group following a 2-1 win over Brazil. That books their place in the last 16. Jamaica are a point ahead of the Brazilians in that group and they meet on Wednesday. Earlier, Sweden progressed the knockout stages but a game to spare. They beat Italy 5-0. In golf, Fiona Maguire will go into the final round at the Evian Championship. Eight shots off the lead. The Cavan native carded a third round 67 to finish on three under par. Stephanie Meadows, eight over Frenchwoman Celine Boutier leads the way on 11 under ahead of the final round tomorrow uh, Vijay Singh has dropped back to 2 under par on day 3 of the Senior Open Championship he still has a 3 shot advantage though with uh, Paul Lowry among the players in a tie for 2nd in Wales Padraig Carrington is 3 over playing the last in the last uh, 10 minutes or so Darren Clark 7 over in swimming Daniel Whiffen is into tomorrow's 1500 metre freestyle final at the World Aquatic Championships in Japan the County Down swimmer finished 2nd in his semi-finals in Fukuoka this after this morning rather uh, earlier Mona McSharry finished 11th in her 50 metre backstroke semi-final Connor Ferguson finished 13th in the 50 metre backstroke they are both back in the water tomorrow in the 4x100 metre medley relays in rugby Scotland have begun their preparations for the Rugby World Cup with a 25-13 victory over Italy at Murrayfield Josh Bayliss scored his first test try for Gregor Townsend side Darcy Graham crossed the line twice also former Munster out half Ben Healy also played a prominent part for the Scots and obviously they're building up for the tournament in the autumn um, New Zealand have won their third successive rugby championships the All Blacks blitzed Australia Australia 38-7 in Melbourne earlier. The final game of the championship is underway and it's South Africa against Argentina. Um, all right, in the uh, football championship, I'll try to get some more up-to-date scores here if I can. In the Premier Senior uh, Championship, the Bon Secures Premier Senior Football Championship, it finished Carrigaline 11 points, Rogue 110. After 45 minutes, it was Douglas 2-6, St. Michael's 6 points, a parky rain. Let me just see if I can get an update on that. It's Douglas 2-7, St. Michael's 1-7, and there's uh, it's very close to full-time there. Uh, Douglas leading by three points. Uh, elsewhere, uh, is St. Finbars are playing Mallow. They're in, in Blarney. Finbars had a commanding lead, 4-11 to Mallow's five points halfway through the second half. Clowney Kilty take on Valley Rovers and Bandon at half seven. In the senior A, it ended up knocking agree 11 points. So Donovan Ross at 2-9. The game between Noosestown and Dohany's in Rossmore is Noosestown, eight points. Dohany's eight points, a draw. And that's very close to full time as well. Um, at seven o'clock, it's Clyde Rovers versus Bela and Gerrig in Coachford at the same time in Kentuck. Newmarket face Kish game. And in the Premier Intermediate, Kilimarsha beat, beat Ahada um, 11 points to eight. It's Bandon 
Uh, sorry, I'm trying to find. I had the Bandon score here. It was Bandon one nine, Rock Chapel two thirteen, and Clondrahad. Um, that's actually the full time score. It was full time Bandon one nine, Rock Chapel two thirteen. Uh, Bantry Blues versus Eve Leary. It's Bantry one fourteen, Eve Leary one twelve. Very close to the end there, I imagine as well. Um, that started at five o'clock, and in Grenada. Um, it was Napiershig versus Kilshanig and Kilshanig have ran away with that one 2.23 to Napiershig's four points very very close to full time at six in Inniskeen Castletown Bear face Nemo Rangers last night Castlehaven and Kerry Rangers played out a draw 11 points all um, the other game in the Premier Senior Football Championship was Nemo Rangers winning out 2-11 to Bellancolic 6 points in the Senior A it was Cantorc 3-13 for Moy 2-12 and in the Premier Intermediate McCroom 1-1-9 or sorry Neva Vaughan defeated McCroom 1-14 to 1-9 but yeah it was a draw in the game that Jeremy McCarthy was at between Castlehaven and Carberry Rangers no Brian Hurley for Castlehaven last night I wonder how big a factor that is and how quickly he's going to be able to get back onto the pitch um, let's hear from the Castlehaven man Manager James McCarthy speaking with our own John McCarthy. Okay, James. Firstly, as you know from experience, you don't want to lose your opening game in any championship. That's that's paramount. But considering it was a draw, did you think it was a fair result overall on the first night out? I'd have to watch the video again, but we were very poor the first half, and we didn't get into the game at all. And look, if we're if we're looking for excuses, about the only one I, I would have is that. We have a lot of fellas injured, half injured. Fellas coming back to us. We haven't trained together. Yeah. We have a lot of work done, but we haven't. That team haven't trained at all together. We haven't even actually trained together. Yeah. Uh, so if I was looking for a shoes, that was it. But look, I was only waiting for half time to come. Even though we were against the Gale wind in the second half, it died a bit. I thought we played way better the second half. We controlled the game in stages. We were up twice, I think, two points. But then we didn't control it. And if we controlled it a little bit better, that would come with a little bit of experience. Maybe we could have sneaked out with a one or two point win but that was only sneaking out as well because there was heavy pressure on both sides there you know those balls going into the full forward line fairly fast anything could have happened there and then Ross could have got a goal fairly easy we could have got another point above maybe so you always want to win but we're not out of the championship and I knew these things were going to happen this year because of the, you know, just the situation we were in this year with the cork leads and everything, yeah. that the bodies need yeah. time to recover. Like uh, ten wides as well is very unlikely, and that's something you can work on between now and the next day. But um, the other side of it was you finished with thirteen pairs of the black and, a, and a, a two yellows. You know, you could have lost it. So I mean, holding on. I'm not suggesting you were holding on, but as you said, you didn't control it when you needed to control it. But these are things along with the shooting. You've time to work on over the next two weeks. Yeah, and look and, and try to get the, the, the injured bodies back in the pitch, which is going to be tough now because you know um, that's hurling as well in board. But yeah, ten wides, we wouldn't be happy with that, especially with the wind. But again, I find here in Clan when we play here with the wind, whatever down in that corner, it does pull with the stand, whatever. I must try to fix the stand, <laughs> put up a, a ten tear or something. But it does pull the ball down to that right yeah. side when you kick it high. Again, no excuses. We wouldn't be happy with that. Um, look, we'd be looking forward to the next three weeks. And as you said, we're not out of it. Yeah. And what all what happens tomorrow night? You know, it's going to be a close one again between Clan Valley. So. Whatever the outcome there, we'll, we'll have a pile to do on the next results then again. Uh, just finally, I have to ask you about Brian Hurley. Is there any update on his injury uh, situation and when do you expect him back? Look, to be honest, uh, we, we didn't even consider Brian for this game. I'd say if there's a county final, he'd be out there. Uh, the man will come back 
when he's ready, uh, but he needs loads of recovery time. And uh, as of now, I wouldn't be sure. But if he's ready, he'll be back. Okay. Thanks very much, James. Cheers. Yeah, very understandable, you'd have to say. Brian Hurley, after such a... Uh physically uh, draining and difficult uh, inter-county campaign for Cork obviously he was brilliant for Cork and still had his injury worries as well you know came off against Mayo Cork managed to get the win that day obviously but uh, yeah um, but Castlehaven will be hoping he's back and available going into the rest of the championship the uh, juror also caught up with the Carberry Rangers boss Seamus Hayes Okay, Seamus, I described that as a very tight first half, much more entertaining second half, but a fair result considering your first night out, um, you were close there at the end, you might have nicked the goal, but overall, what's your assessment and do you think it draws a fair result? Yeah, I suppose we are slightly disappointed we didn't get the win, you know, Um, but again, if we told me before the game that we'd get a draw here and be so competitive, I would have been delighted. You know, very happy with our team performance. You're probably right about the first half, but when we came here earlier on today, there was a gale of wind blowing. You know, and even when we came out for the start of the game, there was a gale of wind blowing, which I think dictated tactics in the first half. Um, about 15 minutes into the game, that kind of disappeared. So all of a sudden, you were kind of playing a game that you had planned for before the game. The wind was kind of disappearing, which obviously meant that you weren't going to change the game plan halfway through. But definitely in the second half, we came out to play more football um, and it was more expansive stuff, I think, definitely. But I think Castlehaven were the same. It was, you know, a lot at stake between the two of us. There always will be, always will be jerked, you know. But um, am I happy with it? No. No. I mean, we spoke all week about, you know, we were coming in to win the game. Um, that was our target, so we got a draw. We'll take it, but yeah, the answer to your question is no. Um, you know each other quite well as well, so it's, it's difficult sometimes to come up with something new, but I think the continuity and the bounce you've gotten from the end of your Division 1 campaign, am I reading too much into it, but I thought you improved over those last few weeks. I know you spoke to me about the block of training that you got done as well. You were more than a match for the Haven tonight, and you did play well, and as you said, look, not losing is key in the first game. It's disappointed as we are not to lose, but is the momentum still going from that end of the league? Oh, look, I think Fitzy just said it there in the group, lads, do you fully believe now? You know, so that is going to add massive belief. We have, you know, we have the experienced heads there, but like we have some crop of young players there, you know, and like that was probably a lot of their first exposure to this game, this type of a championship game, you know, inside the clan, packed house, you know what I mean? It, it, it is pressurized, sure. So I think definitely um, we're happy with the result, very happy with the performance. And I did say that to the lads all week if we perform, we'll be there, thereabouts. And I think we were there. The Castlehaven are a very experienced outfit all over the pitch. Talented players, players who played with Cork, and I think we matched them, so you'd have to be happy with that. Excellent stuff. Thank you very much. Sure, thank you very much. Seamus Hayes there speaking to Jeremy McCarthy after a draw last night between Kerry Rangers and Castlehaven. All right, Kerry have booked their place in the ladies' uh, football senior uh, All-Ireland final. They've beaten Mayo. It's uh, back-to-back finals for Kerry. And uh, just see Louise Namartig... Lake Nehemmer again uh, how many she picked up this year but uh, yeah they await the winners of Cork versus Dublin and we're going to talk all about that after the break Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie Cork's Red FM With Sure 72 hour non-stop protection tested to the limits Sure it won't let you down Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM.
You're very welcome back to the big red bench with Sure 72-hour non-stop protection here on Cork's Red FM. It's Aidan Lee here with you until 7 o'clock. All right, there's not long left to go now to throw in for Cork's All-Ireland Ladies Football Semi-Final with uh, Dublin. The game gets underway at Semple Stadium at half past seven and we just have heard and I would have told you just before the break that Kerry have booked their place in the uh, final and uh, trying to just get the score. The final score was Kerry 116, Mayo 111. So Kerry await the winners of Cork and Dublin Cork's Laura Mahoney has been in conversation with John McCarthy about Cork's year to date and tonight's game. We're here on the big red bench with Major McCarthy speaking to O'Donovan Ross and Cork and GFA senior footballer Laura Manny ahead of this weekend's All Ireland Senior Football Championship semi final at Semple Stadium. Double header, half seven throw in for Cork and Dublin. I mentioned the half seven throw in there, Laura. Um, you know, Cork's most of Cork's matches this year have either been early afternoon or maybe late afternoon on one occasion, all right, uh, because of TV. It needed to be later. Like, from an intercounty player's point of view, do you prefer it being earlier in the day or do you just have a set routine, you know, for when the throwing is so late in the evening? That's a long day and a long lead into it. Does it bother you or do you just, do you have, you have, do you have a routine for one of those days when, when the throwing is so late, like half seven? Um, I suppose you can't let it bother you too much um, because, again, we only have the one chance to play the game. It's the same for both sides. Um, they'll be travelling probably just as much as we will. Um, I think you just kind of have to stick to your routine as best as possible. Um, talk to the nutritionist and talk to the lads and see what needs to be changed to our routine. But um, even with club games, we train at seven, half seven, so it shouldn't be too much different. Yeah, that's an interesting point, I suppose, from like your, your body clock as well, working at that time and the mechanics and the muscle memory. I mean, playing training at half seven in the evening and then playing at half seven shouldn't be an issue. But it is quite a long day and the fact that it's a double header, there's another game before, I suppose. Do you find it easier to focus when the throw-in is earlier or you just have to work harder to be zoned in when it's such a late start? Yeah, I think you just have to have a certain stage where you click on and think about the game. Um, it might be a bit later than a normal two o'clock throw in, but same rules apply really. Excellent stuff. Now, facing you in this All Ireland semi final are a familiar foe, Dublin. You played them back in the Lidl uh, LGFA National League Division 1 back in February down in Parkering. Hugely entertaining game, high scoring 315 to 411 loss. But not that you needed reminding that day, Laura. This is a Dublin team that after that just missed out on a league final by a point. Missed out between Kerry and Galway, who contested that league final, went on to win the Leinster final by beating Meath. 299 points and have since then put up impressive scores against Cavan um, and most recently against Stony Gall eight goals in two games if I mentioned to you as a defender the likes of Kate Sullivan Neith Hederton Hannah Tyrrell Sinead Ahern maybe better stop this is one of the most talented forward lines you could face at any stage of the season they are unbelievably talented they're also the likes Carroll experienced how big a task is this for you? Not just as the defenders, but Cork heading into the weekend. You've played them before yourself. They're an incredibly fit, incredibly well-organised and well-coached team. This is your toughest game of the season, I would imagine. Yeah, look, um, um, any of the other three teams that we've played, or any of the other three teams that are left in the competition, all of the games will be difficult. And I think um, all three teams are very strong. Um, Dublin are an excellent team and it's been a long time since Cork um, have beaten them in a championship game. So yeah, we I think especially when we left in two goals against Armagh, that would be something that we need to work on tightening up in the back, especially with those players that you've mentioned. 
Yeah, no. Assuming you're starting, and assuming those Dublin players are starting, like, is there any one particular player? I mean, there really probably isn't. Like, I mean, there's a quality player. You're going to be marking a quality forward no matter what. And Dublin tend to sh- switch their positions during the games anyway. But as a defender, I mean, like, th- this is the ultimate test because you're going to have to be, I suppose, physically ready, but mentally, I would imagine, playing Dublin, you've got to be on it for the full sixty plus minutes. Yeah, even Central Stadium is a big pitch, so there will be a lot of space. And um, I think we'll need to try and close off that space just as much as they'll have to try and close off ours. So any player that you go out to mark at this latter stage of the championship is difficult anyways. So you just kind of have to focus on your own game as well. How much do you look forward to big days like this, Laura? I mean, you've played in Crow Park before, you've played in big stadiums, but playing in Sample Stadium, big doubleheader, a lot of eyeballs on it on, live on television as well, a lot of attention, obviously you're doing media like this now in the build-up to it, but are these the kind of days that make all those gym, gym Monday evenings and training sessions worth it? Yeah, look, these are the ends that you'd want to be in. Again, like you said earlier, we weren't in this position this time last year. Um, we haven't been in an All-Ireland final until twenty since 2020. So I think everyone has nerves, but it's the same for both teams and you just kind of have to um, take it on the chin, really. Yeah, you're... Believe it or not, one of the more experienced players on this panel, such as the influx of youth over the last 12 months. Do you find yourself offering advice to some of the younger players that have come on, especially in that defensive six, which seems quite settled at the moment now over the last couple of games, but there's still a lot of competition for places. But you've probably noticed it more so than I or anyone else on that panel in those training sessions. Like uh, Very successful underage Cork setup is delivering more and more young players every year. Yeah, exactly. Like how many minors came in from last year? Um, even like Rachel Leahy now who's injured, unfortunately, she was on it last year when she was still minor. So not even myself giving advice to them, you'd almost be listening to what they're saying as well because their opinion is just as valuable. They've almost as much experience underage um, winning with the Cork minors and things. So um, I think the fact that we're all learning from each other and working together is really good this year. Brilliant. Um, on Saturday evening, the TG Carroll. Yeah, we're going to leave that there. And of course, Jar uh, McCarthy is uh, has loads of chats like this every week on the Women in Sport podcast on the big red benches uh, podcast feed. So uh, head on over to redfm.e or wherever you get your podcasts for them. A uh, little earlier on in the Formula One world champion Max Verstappen uh, continued his dominance and uh, won the sprint race at the Belgian Grand Prix. He pipped McLaren's uh, Oscar Piastri to victory while Alpine's Pierre Gasly was a surprise third. Lewis Hamilton finished fourth but was demoted to seventh after a penalty for colliding with Sergio Perez. Sarah McKenzie Foley will be on the bench tomorrow evening discussing the race with Rory. All right, full time scores in the Bon Secures uh, County Football Championship and in the Premier Senior Douglas defeating St. Michael's by one point. St. Michael's, of course, the newly promoted team after winning Senior A last year, finished Douglas 2 8, St. Michael's 2 7. Uh, in the Senior A, it was Newcastle Town. Eight points, Dohanese nine, one point win for Dohanese in that one. Uh, Eve Leary were defeated by Bantry by two points, Bantry one fourteen, Eve Leary one twelve, and in the Premier Intermediate, Kilshanig two twenty five, Napiershig five points that ended there. And the game ongoing at the moment is Castletown Bear versus Nemo Rangers in the Intermediate also, and it's Castletown Bear four points, Nemo Rangers one. And that's approaching half time. All right, tomorrow is the All Ireland Football Final. It's Kerry versus Dublin. And uh, we're going to warm up to it now. And first of all, we're going to hear from Dublin player Brian Howard speaking ahead of the big one tomorrow against Kerry at Croke Park. Yeah, um, 
look, that's, that's what Dublin has uh, prided themselves over the last couple of years on, on having a strong bench and having that bit of experience, whether the lads don't get any minutes or that are, that are sitting on the, the bench not knowing if they're going to get on or not. Um, it's it's not just the, the 20 lads to get on, it's the 26. And on a match day, you can, some people can get caught up in the occasion, but having the experience there on the bench, to, whether they're on the pitch or not, uh, to, to calm the lads down and stuff like that is going to be a big part. And, and uh, yeah, like the, we, we've been here before and, and so have Kerry, like they've Stephen O'Brien the last day coming off the bench and Tony Brosnan. So, um, Oh well and good. We we've a bit of experience, but so do they. So I think the bench, obviously, in any games plays a huge um, part. But in a final, when when the occasion is so big and, and stuff like that, that the bench coming on, being being ready to come on and, and do a job is, is going to be extremely important. There were so many questions asked if Stephen Cluxton coming back was the right or wrong move. You're in an All Ireland final now. Was it the right move? Yeah, yeah, and, and look, I, I've had the privilege to play with him and, and watch him growing up. I was he made his debut when I was four, so I've I've watched him growing up and then having the opportunity to play with him. And then when he left, obviously there was there was a, a gap there. But the two two lads and um, Evan Comfort and David Hanlon, they haven't put a foot wrong um, all year. But Stephen come back in, just what he brings on the pitch and off the pitch is, is massive for us. And um, yeah, it's just just having him back and then get to play with with someone that you look up to is obviously. Um, a great honour and and yeah to, um, to to be in that position to have him back in goal it's it's amazing and for you personally on your journey with this Dublin team from making your debut to now have you enjoyed it all? I have yeah and it really is I know it's cliche but it really is a dream come true because like as I said like when my dad my mum and dad brought me to down to the Ogre in Rohini at four or five years of age like it's something that you, you do pride yourself and, and really want to aspire to go out on the big day and not out of the final and thankfully I've had some successful days in, in Crow Park in finals and um, in recent years unfortunately uh, didn't get, come out on the right side of the uh, result but yeah look it's it's where we want to be and as I said as a kid um, growing up this is where you, you dream of being and, and thankfully in, in two weeks we get the honour to go out and put on Dublin jersey and represent them in the all Ireland final Yeah as you said you've been there on the good days and the bad days you know that massive success there and then over the last maybe two years or so, we haven't seen as much. But you've learned a lot, I'm sure, from from both winning and losing. Big time, yeah. And then, as you say, like you probably learn more from from a loss than a than a victory because it can be overshadowed if you just if you're you're winning all the time. But yeah, the last two years have been huge uh, learning curves for us, and and it's a journey that we we started back in 21 when when Mayo beat us in the semi final. So um, yeah, this is this is where we wanted to be, and we we aspire to get, be back here, but. Um, yeah, we, we can't get too ahead of ourselves and, and we just sort of, we take it as any other game. I know they'll be the same in their dressing room and just, just another game of football and, and when you're on the pitch and hopefully I get the honour to represent them and, and, and play but um, when you're out on the pitch it really is just another game of football and 15 on 15 plus the five subs is um, is what's going to come down to at the end of the day so you do take it just another game of football but obviously there's the, there's the bit of the 82,000 in the Soul Out Stadium is a bit, <laughs> bit different but, but then again it is just another game Is there an expectation of Dublin to be in All-Ireland Finals like do you ever feel a pressure to be back there? No, look, and, and that's credit to the uh, lads that have come before us that have put the jersey in, in a good place in terms of that that's what's expected, that Dublin are one of the best teams in, in the country. And, um, yeah, like, like from back to 2011 when, when they won it and then it was sort of like that. that's where they, it kind of bolted back into success. So um, 
look, we, we, we back ourselves and we, we go out every day to, to try to put on the best performance uh, we can and some days it works out, some days it doesn't but thankfully this year we, we've um, put ourselves in a position now to where we want to be so um, it's just literally going out and, and trying to um, sort of put on as I said, show, show the best performance ourselves and then when we go out onto the pitch then it's just about delivering. Yeah, that is uh, Brian Howard there speaking ahead of tomorrow's All-Ireland football final and uh, he's probably going to have a big part, isn't he, in uh, in the game tomorrow. I was at the Kerry Presser last week and let's hear, first of all, uh, myself speaking to the Kerry selector and uh, All-Ireland winner as well in goals with Kerry Dermot Murphy. By Dermot Murphy. Dermot... I suppose another year and another Ireland final which would have been the aim I imagine you're, you're quite happy to you know yeah absolutely yeah it was always a goal really you know just this year um, having won last year was to get back into the All-Ireland again and we're delighted to be there but at the same time only half a job done I suppose I, I was looking forward to talking to you because um, I wanted to ask you about, about Shane Ryan and, and Sunday because it was just a superb performance by him wasn't it like clutch saves and kickouts were so difficult as well against such an organised dairy team as a goalkeeper yourself like what were your, your thoughts afterwards on Shane's performance yeah Shane played really well and he did everything that was asked of him really you know in terms of um, obviously keeping the ball out of the goal and, and restarts as well and he contributed as a general player but look come here that's his job too I suppose you know and we'd be expecting that level of performance from him and from all our players every day so it was a job well done the last day but still more to do too as well you know do you envy the fact that he has a bit of freedom to try to go up and score a point would you like to try get up get up the field to get a shot off yeah I was happy enough for it I was I'd say really no that was kind of my limit really the 21 yard line and back in again but it's a different game though it's different um, the way the teams attack um, as a full team and defend as a full team it gives the goalie that little bit more leeway to come on uh, to the ball without having forwards behind them to worry about really you know so it's, it's just a different game and look we saw it there as well the last day with their, with, with their goalie you know you can use the goalie now as part of your tactical uh, setup as well you know so um Oh, it's great. It's great to see those innovations all coming into the game. It's exciting and it, it challenges everybody, you know, to see can you come up with something yourself or how do you defend against it as well? So it's brilliant. And as well with Shane, it seems that his role in that is very much up to himself. He seems to maybe have to spot those bits of triggers or spot that bit of space as well, like even the run for the score. He was waiting, 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 whereas Derry, like that, kept their, their goalkeeper up with the play almost all the time. Shane has to spot that for himself, which shows his intelligence. Obviously, he's an outfielder as well for his club, like, so that plays into all of it. Yeah, and look, we'd back Shane to call it as he sees it out in the field because sometimes you think one team are going to sit up in one way and another team will sit up in another way, and sometimes it can change even during the course of a game. So um, we'd, we'd back Shane there to see whatever way the game is going and for him to make his decision and to go with it then, and just to go with it then, you know, that in a way that if you're if you are if you've made your mind up to back yourself and, and go all the way with it. You come up against another great goalie in Stephen Cluxton. Um how much of a difference does he make to this year's Dublin team compared to the Dublin team he played last year? Well to be fair I think I think the Evan Comerford was playing from last year and he he was a good goalie as well but you can see I think with Stephen Cluxton there just the experience he gives um he brings to the whole setup and the confidence he seems to instill in, in, in the players around him as well they seem, they seem to get a great sense of security from him and naturally enough look with, with, with the quality of player you're talking about and the experience he has and what he's won in the past he's bound to bring that to the team as well so and outside of anything else he's playing really well kickouts, shot stopping everything his full game seems to be in, in top order as well which is a credit to him you know 
know myself as you get a little older he's clearly kept himself in good order like you know and in good shape and um, must have been playing really good club football as well so fair play to him like and um, he's I, I think it's been a success in bringing him back into the team this year from their point of view Looking at yourselves as a management group what's the difference in managing a group of players last year who were looking for that first All-Ireland a lot of those players let's say were looking for their first All-Ireland compared to this year now a team of reigning champions is there a difference in how you manage them? I need to look in fairness to the boys I think it's hard to see any difference in them from the approach that they've had this year you know I think this year maybe the National League was a little bit more difficult for us because we started back our training a little uh, later than we had done the previous year um, we didn't have club football commitment either at the end of 2021 as much as we had at the end of last year so which fed into us having a more successful and, and being better prepared for the league in 2022 so th- which fed into how we, we, we went at the year last year but I think in fairness to the boys this year like their approach the whole thing has been excellent we've been very happy with them you know they're there isn't any visible signs of complacency as such or you know, signs that lads are happy enough with what they have. They seem to be driving the whole thing forward and they're they're hungry for more and that's great to see. From your point of view as well, like two wins in that quarter final and semi final against Tyrone and Derry Ulster teams, although the stats in the last 10 years actually don't really tell that, but I suppose psychologically maybe in Kerry, Ulster teams have always had that bit of a hang-up, you know, think of our man Tyrone or whatever. Uh, how satisfying was it to come through that quarter-final in the way he did and then come through such a difficult test off the back of that in Derry and like just very different types of teams so unorthodox than anything you'd have probably faced before Look I suppose when you're getting to the business end of the year you're getting to learn in quarterfinals and semi-finals you're going to be playing quality oppositions just the nature of the, the nature of the game like and we prepared well for both games we prepared well for the Tyrone game um, it was kind of in the door just because we only had a week to, to when the draw was made to get ourselves ready for it but uh, I felt we played well in that game um, and then facing Derry which was a different challenge again really you know they were probably a step above what we had played already this year um, and they gave us their best shot the last day like so it was it was a real test like and the way that they played the last day as well was was gave a huge challenge to us um, but we were delighted to come through it in the end um, and maybe a bit lucky to come through it really in, in, in patches you know so um, look when you're getting into quarterfinals semi-finals of All-Irelands and finals you're going to be coming up against quality opposition like and you just have to get yourself ready be there from Ulster or Connacht or Linster or wherever they're from like you know you just have to get yourself ready for them and um, as best you can and just put the boys in the best position to go out and perform in the day and luckily enough that's gotten us as far as we are so far anyway Just finally then I suppose it is the dream matchup isn't it Crow Park is going to be absolutely bouncing on Sunday week probably brings its own uh, difficulties as well on the sideline it's a difficult job in that sort of a cauldron to try and get instructions to players and everything I imagine It's impossible you can't do it you just cannot do it and even the last day when there was I think there was 43,000 at the game for us to get instruction in uh, you just can't do it and um, the next day it's just not going to happen it's just not going to happen like unless you can get a player over to the sideline maybe during injury break but you know the helter-skelter nature of a championship game especially not in a final that's rare enough as well you know so really once the boys cross the white line that's that's it's up to them like it's up to them you know really because you just really don't have any input until half time again absolutely best luck there yeah that was Kerry selector Dermot Murphy here is Kerry centre back Tyg Morley alright Tyg Morley um, back into another All-Ireland final um, looking back on the game against Dublin last year in the semi-final how much of last year can you use in terms of building for, for Sunday week um, yeah look um, 
they were miss, they, they were missing a lot of bodies then compared to now. So how relevant it is, I'm not sure. But look, that was a huge battle against them, and we were lucky to get over the line. So we'll take the confidence from that, obviously. But um, we're under no illusions. They've brought back a few bodies there. Just do you know what they want to get another All Ireland and stuff like that. And as Jack said, they're not coming bringing them back for the crack. Like so, um, we're we're concentrated more on. The analysis on their games this year now compared to last year's, you know, it's a new year, so um but look we'll take the conference from it, all right. A lot of Kerry fans will be conscious of the fact that uh, it would be great to beat Dublin with Cluxton inside in the goals. How much of that of a card is that for you as players? Ah, we wouldn't really read into that really to be honest. Uh, look he's one of the greatest players of all time, if not the greatest like so he's uh, transformed football in in the goalkeeping position there. Um and you know, he's, he's a ball of clean sheets racked up there even since he came back so uh, we'll be we'll be up against it with him but um, no we wouldn't read into that um, I think we'll just be concentrating on all 15 of them not just one of them to be honest There was such a tough game last Sunday and you know Topsy Torvey getting the win right at the end really was a, I suppose a sign of champions the way you got the win what was the overall feeling in the dressing room after that? Um <clears throat> It was a mixture of feelings, really. It was a mixture of satisfaction that we were able to grind out a result like that, you know, probably not playing well. Also, probably reality check that, like, if we were to play like that again, we're not going to win any All-Ireland, you know. Um, so, um, I think we kind of, it was, it was we were kind of dusting ourselves off straight away and started focusing in on ourselves individually and collectively. Um you know, compared to maybe the semi-final last year and the emotion that was in the dressing room last year, it's, it's a kind of a different one. But um, I think we're, we we just got fully focused on the job ahead. Then is is that maybe a sign of pressure as well? Obviously, being the reigning champions, like you said, maybe there was more elation there last year when you won the semi-final compared to maybe a small bit more relief this year because of having that tag as being the favourites first of all for the game and also the champions as well um, I don't think so no we don't really read into the champions thing really or think about that uh, we kind of use it more to, to gain confidence than to put pressure on ourselves to be honest so we've been been in Croker and won the tight games last year so we, we take the confidence from that rather than putting the pressure on ourselves but um, there was it was it was more satisfaction in the win last week than, than relief really Looking ahead to the final then, um, speaking to Paul outside, obviously such a different season now to, let's say, Paul's first final in 2014 um, and even 2019, I suppose, there was probably an extra week's break in between the semi-final and final. Um, what's the differences this year, 2023? It's kind of like you don't realise, I suppose, it was four years ago already, 2019. Uh, what are the differences in the build-up to the two finals, do you think? Um, I think... Looking back in 2019, we had a lot of babies on the team. Like we were very young, like um, kind of nearly men against boys. There, the Dubs were going for their their big five in a row, and they were conditioned, and they were, you know, they were they were they were probably well ahead of us in that regard. Um, and our football probably kept us there thereabouts with them. Um, we'd hope that the work that we've done since 2019 with, with the likes of Jason McGahan Arthur Fitzgerald that we're, we're we're catching up to them now a bit um, but they're still they're still the, the top in that regard like they have some 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 athletes around the field there like so we'll um, we'll have to be be careful of all of them for sure Just finally it feels like maybe that this team obviously was building to win one in Ireland 
but I think I don't think he'll be satisfied with just one that to get to win Sunday week and to win a back-to-back All-Ireland feels like probably would be for now anyway a crowning glory for this team Yeah, no, look we take it year by year we're not looking at it as a, like a back-to-back or anything um, once we won the All-Ireland last year and we did a bit of celebrating and we had the winter there there was different things on but once we went back training that was all forgotten about and it was on to a new year and like you can see the dubs there and the, they've won five and six All-Irelands a lot of them some of them seven or eight All-Irelands and they're playing this year like they've won none so we have to have that mentality as well like and just be hungry and uh, we are um, but uh, we know that we'll be we hope against a big test on the next day Best of luck Thanks. Cheers man Yeah Kerry centre-back Tyke Morley here is uh, one of his partners in the half backline Paul Murphy Right delighted to be joined by Kerry footballer Paul Murphy Paul I suppose it's correct in saying this is your sixth learning final including replays is it any different do you think think it back to maybe 2014 your, your first final obviously you probably had a bit longer maybe three weeks in between the semi-final and final then what are the differences now compared to 2014 um, this I, I don't know I, I kind of can't remember it's almost like I can't remember the build up to, to 2014 I suppose everything was was new to me then it was um, you know there was a um, you kind of didn't know what to expect but having been through it a few times um, you're a bit more familiar with, with, with the build up um, the day itself what goes into it um, and you know you're you're a little bit more comfortable with the whole process around it but it, it doesn't you know it doesn't make the prep any easier you know it's um, it's, it's still a, a huge game ahead of us and you know you just have to try and prepare as best you can I think the if I think now that we had a, we had to have a three or four week build up to the game, I think I'd find that very tough. I like the the two week turnaround. Um, a lot of our games this summer have been two weeks apart, and you get into a nice routine um, where you're probably might have four pitch sessions between them. You know, the first and the first one you might have a meeting recap in the previous game, and then it's it's four sessions to get ready for a game. It's I think I, I just I like the the structure of it. I like um, the the way it's spaced out at the moment. Yeah, because it it's a totally different season now, isn't it, compared to 2014. So you like that consistency of having game on game, let's say, almost week, well, bi- bi-weekly, let's say. Yeah, it's, it's kind of worked out bi-weekly by us this year. Um, I suppose we, we were you know, probably fortunate that we topped the group despite three, three teams finishing on four points, so score difference helped us out there. But that would have, you know, that, that meant certain teams were potentially on three weeks in a row, which is tougher. But the, the two-week break, I think, is, um, is you know, I think it's it's... It's it's ideal. It's the ideal uh, gap between games, and like as a general point, you know, finishing in July, I, I you know, I'm hugely in favour of it as well. Like it's um, it's 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 a it's a privilege to be playing intercounty, but it, you know, it's um, it's an intense, it's intense. The training, and the prep, you know, everything. You're you're kind of building, building your life and your week around it. So um, to to be able to have the break, um, you go back to the club, which is you know less intense. But you know, you you know, you get away for a few days midweek between club games, which you probably wouldn't do at intercounty. And I suppose the, the other advantage to that is, you know, you're playing club games in August in nice weather, whereas for a long time it was October maybe. By the time you get to a club game, and you know, the the, the quality of the club games suffer then because of the conditions you're playing them in. Well, also that's it. It's your seventh hour final. I suppose your second one this year. Like that, you've had a long season because obviously going through the club championships as well. How have you found that keeping yourself in the right shape and you know, like players' loads and everything like that is such a big topic in the last couple of years in the GA. How have you dealt with that? Um, I haven't I haven't found it too bad. Um, like to go back to last winter. 
I I had to do a bit of travel with work and then I was on honeymoon um in December so it meant I I didn't I hadn't really trained for about six or seven weeks, you know, up to the new year when, when I was when I came back into the Club All Ireland series there for a few weeks. So I felt like I I got a bit of a break, the body had a bit of downtime in that period. Um I I probably found the league maybe I, I found towards the end of the league this year you know that I was getting a bit tired um, which I suppose maybe that's just an accumulation of the, the, the All-Ireland series with the club you know straight into the league but I was happy I was happy at the time to get back stuck into you know get into the routine of the Kerry routine again and you know for the, for the most part it's, it's, it's been fine you know as I say it's it's kind of the, you know it's short block you know two week blocks between games and you know it's easy enough to, to manage the body once you avoid any major knocks of course that's I suppose that is one of the, the, the perils of the current system if you if you pick up a muscle injury you know that can you know at, at the wrong time it can have a serious I suppose implication for, for your season in, in as a whole Going back to last Sunday I suppose a lot of people from the outside looking in maybe see it as a game where you probably never learned more coming away from it especially from a win as well because usually you learn the most from losses but to come away with a win from that game such a different proposition to any other team you've probably ever played like it's so intense as well how much did you learn from that game? Um, a huge amount like learned a huge amount about Derry obviously they've you know they've, they've won back to back Ulsters um, you know and they're, they're, they're a serious team but I suppose watching someone on on TV or watching them in a video session is very different to, to facing them. Um, you know, for example, as a defender, over time you may you may be marked, you know, a forward a couple of times, or a teammate of yours might have marked him, and he'll know a particular run he might like to make or something like that. Whereas, you know, we hadn't played Derry. I, I played Derry in 2015 in the league, but you know they're they're a completely different animal, a completely different team to then. Um, so. They were they were an unknown to us really as to what it would be like um, sort of in person if you know what I mean. Um, not like next year they'll be up in Division One and you know we'll we'll, we'll be playing them again and we'll we'll get from. All right, we're running out of time there. Uh, Paul Murphy speaking ahead of the Ireland football final tomorrow. The very best of luck to Cork in their semi final in Tardis against Dublin, and uh, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Sitting up at Cork and Kerry ladies football at Ireland senior final. All right, so I'm off to Croke Park myself tomorrow. Rory's going to be here on the bench from six pm. Stevie G is on the way next. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. With Sure 72-hour non-stop protection, tested to the limits. Sure, it won't let you down.